Hi everyone, my name is Melissa Lee and I'm your health coach who targets women with PCOS and women in general who wants to achieve stubborn weight loss. I do my best work when I work with PCOS urban women in their 30s who are embarrassed about their weight but want to feel comfortable in their bodies and are able to lose stubborn weight naturally. In this podcast, we talk about various topics including why stubborn weight loss is so hard to achieve. If this is you, definitely put this in your podcast list because one episode will be released every single week. Hi everyone, I have Shanila Sitar on the show today to talk about breathwork. Shanila is the founder of Always Play Studio in Los Angeles, which offers sound baths, workshops, breathwork, and more. I first found Shanila through a virtual breathwork session and its effects were so profound on me that I had to share it with my audience. Shanila uses sound baths and breathwork as emotional and mental wellness tools to help people with anxiety, stress, depression, mood imbalances, and sleep troubles. I'm excited to explore how we can use breathwork in our daily lives, especially now during the stay-at-home life where all of us are anxious or suffering from some kind of mental trauma. So hi, Shanila. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited for you to come on the show. I think uh, most people don't know what breathwork is. I think everyone now is familiar with meditation. So let's get started. How did you actually come to find breathwork in your life? Yeah, I mean, first I would define like what breathwork is because if we really think about it, we've all been breathing our entire lives, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not uh, something that we can live without. Like if you think about um, living without oxygen that's pretty hard to do so i would say all of us have practiced some form of breath work our entire lives like the first thing that you do when you when you come into this world is take a big gasp of air and um the sources of breath work basically is that breathing is your life source it is your form of where you get your life from and i've been practicing formally breath work since i was a pretty young kid i've been an athlete my whole life i've played field hockey lacrosse softball soccer all the good stuff and <laughs> breathing is a really important part of practicing any kind of sport um, i also play i also do um, archery and kickboxing and all of those practices include you to have to be mindful of the way that you're breathing so even though the way that I'm practicing breath work in forms of meditation and in, in forms of healing in forms of kind of mental and emotional imbalances, what breath work really is, is a practice in mindful breathing. I'm glad you said that because um, I used to be in school and I used to be in a band. So even the breathing then, it's really important to get out the proper sound and all the tuning and stuff like yeah. that. And it's good to know that breath work is accessible to everybody. Yeah, and I think it's just a misunderstanding of what breathwork is, really, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to play clarinet and brand. I, right. Uh, clar- yeah, clarinet and brand. And <laughs> also about, that's all, all about, like, the way that you're processing oxygen into your body, the amount that you're letting out, and the way that you're letting it out. And so the thing is, like, the way that you can practice breathwork is to either really super activate your body or to kind of slow down your body. And certain styles of breathwork are really meant to help your body calm down, to relax, to de-stress, and really sense sick to your body that makes it kind of um, get back into the center space. And then there's other styles of breath work that are more active. They're known as like holotropic breath work or transformational breath work or circular breath work. There's ones that activate your body. So 
the ones that activate your body do different things than the ones that slow down your body. So if we're thinking about breathwork as a form of meditation, I would I would say, you know, the word meditation literally means awareness. And so the way that we can get awareness is from different types of stillness or of movement or uh, different styles of breathing. And I think the one that you've come to is a super active style of breathwork. Um, it's where you're breathing really fast and you're breathing a ton of oxygen into your body in a way that activates your body's natural healing systems. It moves around subconscious information. It moves around energy. It moves around anything in your body that is stagnant or um, a little bit uh, collected in the body. And we all know that basically us as human people, we collect emotions in our body especially right now we have mm -hmm. a lot of stress anxiety worry fear anxiousness all the all the you know like heavy emotions floating through our body actually the cdc the center for disease control and prevention just recommended breath work as a not only a preventative measure for um, building up immunity uh, but also a coping mechanism for emotional wellness well-being so it's not like a new thing that showed up it's not like breath work is so new it's something that's been practiced for almost um as we as we have uh, the ability to kind of track back almost 10,000 years so the first form of breath wow yeah it's not <laughs> even new like shamans yeah. and culturals and indigenous cultures have been using this for thousands and thousands and thousands of years and back in um the vedic texts the vedic the vedas are these ancient spiritual texts that actually where yoga comes from and where ayurveda comes from all these ancient sciences come from the vedas and in the vedas they outline all these different styles of breath work and a lot of them were to help you get to this altered state of consciousness like people will practice this and get to this like spot where they were kind of high. They were just like at this altered state of consciousness and they believed that they could talk to spirits. They could talk to ancestors. They could talk to these eternal beings that were beings that were kind of outside of themselves. And so what shamans and a lot of tribal cultures, what they would do back in the days that they would have ceremonies. They would have breathwork ceremonies, a little bit different than what we do in our classroom. But the idea was the same. The ideas were the same. They would practice styles of breathwork to reach altered states state of consciousness and then they would download information about like how they should act and behave in their tribe so these tribe masters these high high highly like revered shamans they would be selected to go through these like hours-long breathwork practices in order to be able to download information come back to their tribe and then have better information on how to kind of lead their tribe pre pretty much and then and then we don't really have a lot of information, like how it transferred into the way that we practice this right now. But we still know that in Mari cultures, in um, Bushman cultures, in, in Africa, Mari cultures in New Zealand, um, even a small sect of a uh, Jewish culture used to um, put people's heads underwater to hold, to help them hold their breath. And so basically they would suffocate and they would experience something like a near death experience. They would experience this near death that's moment. That's so crazy. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. And that's actually where modern day baptism right. comes from. Mm -hmm. That comes from that practice almost like 10,000 years ago. So they would hold people's heads under, under the water and not everybody would go through this process because it was thought to be this like rebirthing process and so you would basically be forced to hold your head under the water somebody would be holding you down and then you would 
pass out. You would kind of just like have a death experience and then you'd come back to life. It wouldn't be long enough for you to necessarily die, but you would have this rebirthing experience where you're just like, yeah, all those things that you hear about in the movies where you're like, yeah, I saw this light in the, you know, light at the end of the tunnel and I saw these colors and visions and I saw God and angels and like spirits and all that. They would have that experience and it was thought to be a rite of passage. Like after you have this experience, you have this incredible other knowledge about Mm -hmm. your self and your being and um, your consciousness this is like this altered state of consciousness and of course we don't like do that in baptism and modern day um, religious practices and whatnot we kind of have just the the motion like here's a baby getting dunked in the water because it symbolizes whatever it symbolizes right but that's actually where it comes from like a lot of these practices were used in high level spiritual and religious practices to get to this altered state of consciousness that would give you this immense clarity about how the heck you're supposed to be in this human experience like how are you supposed Mm -hmm. to be so the subconscious information this high level downloaded information would just appear in your body and people Mm -hmm. were um, people would they would say that they saw colors or shapes and sounds and then they felt more connected to earth they found themselves more connected to animals they found themselves more connected to colors and like all these uh, this kind of peripheral experience would become they would become like one with that well one with that experience and of course now we don't go and dunk people underwater when we're like in class (laughs) but we can still have a way to breathe we know that there's a style of breath work that is 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 a practice um, that helps you get to that altered state of consciousness and it's known as a three-part breath it's known as other things that are very trademarkable but it's basically a three-part breath that you breathe into your belly you breathe into your chest and then you exhale and the whole breath is done in and out of the mouth so there is a lot of oxygen that's coming into your body and what you're doing in this process is you're moving around any stagnant energy that's in your body you have something called chi energy in your body and chi energy exists oh, prana in- Prana, yeah, yeah, prana, prana energy, life force, um, mm-hmm. ha energy, ki energy. There is in every culture, in every um, language, some form form of the breath as life force exists. Some right. uh, some language, some word exists in every single language that connects breath to life. So when you're moving around this energy in your body, whatever name you have for it, in the time you're talking about it, when you're moving it around. It it basically starts to circulate it circulates and creates this energetic flow and so i don't know if you've ever seen like tai chi or like mm-hmm. um, yeah when they're like kind of just moving around really slowly yeah. yeah and so all of that is based around moving energy that's outside of you um there's energy that's outside of you you have an electromagnetic field outside of you a lot of people can see see it it's known as the aura you can actually sense it you have this innate ability to kind of sense all of that but you also have energy that lives inside your body body and so when you breathe in certain ways it moves around energy that has been stagnated and it's pretty cool because a lot of the times when we're working on healing and we're working on a lot of our you know like emotional stuff or we just want to like do regular stuff like calm down and sleep and just relax and whatever we do it from our mind we try to control all of that from our mind we try to think our way into um healing we like to think our way into a lot of things and people are very 
cognitive cognitive base, right? We'd really love to think with our mind. We love the linear, logical, systematic ways to think. And the cool thing is that, you know, back in the day, we used to call all the information that were in our heads, like all the neurons in our head, we call them neurons because they we used to find them in our heads. But now we're learning that neurons also exist in our heart and they also exist in our gut. And they're a completely different set of neurons. They're not even the same neurons. They actually talk to each other completely different than the ones in our brains. And the ones in our hearts have a whole different neural network than the ones in our gut. So if you think about the fact that we essentially, at this time, we have three brains. It's not even just like one brain uh, in that, that's in our mind. Like when you have that gut feeling, you have that instinct, you have that intuition, you feel that in your body. You don't really think it in your head. And so what happens during breath work is that we're finding congruence between these three energy centers, these brain three brains that are in our body. We're awakening our gut information. So all the information that you have in your gut, and we have like so much cool stuff coming out in research that is trying to that's that's learning about the way that the gut flora actually talks to each other and it doesn't actually talk to the rest of your body it only literally talks to your gut flora and that has implications on what you eat and what you consume in terms of food and what you're drinking the water that you're drinking right and it's creating an entire neural network that talks to each other and completely different way than the ones in your brain and the ones in your heart so when you take this deep belly breath one of our first breaths in the three-part breath is taking a big deep belly breath so you're awakening up all that stuff in there and another cool thing is that you know a lot of times when we're treating anxiety we're treating a lot of our common mental um, ailments and emotional ailments we you know we have medication that treats a lot of this stuff which is cool and great and everything but we also have to think about the fact that a lot of our medication doesn't talk to a lot of the receptors that are in our body. For example, we have um, serotonin. We have serotonin medication, right? And serotonin, yeah. we have we have 14 different types of serotonin, and we only know how to talk to almost five of them. We only know how to talk to five of those serotonin. So we have all these other different types of serotonin that's in our body that we don't actually really know in terms of how to talk to them, what they do, how how much we need, and all these different levels. So what's really cool is when we're activating it from our natural process, our body knows what to do with it our body knows where to send it it knows where it needs to receive it and where it knows where it needs to produce it so we're we're activating our stomach and then we're activating our heart so our heart has an entire different set of neural networks it has a whole different like ability to talk to each other and mm -hmm. it's not a linear way to think like our brain are is a very linear binary way to think like we have a yes we have a no and the way that we talk to each other and we know this from like decades of research of on brain chemistry the way that neurons in your brain talk to each other is very binary. It's deciding, yes, send the signal or don't, no, don't send the signal. Yes or no, yes or no, yes or no. And they're, they're super fast. It doesn't have to take that much time, but it's super fast. It's just like firing, 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 firing. Yes or no, yes or no. It's very binary, very polarizing. But the way that your heart center actually talks to each other goes kind of like a spiral. It actually talks to each other. It knows. It, talk, it includes information that's not from a binary perspective. And so a lot of us, experience this disconnection from our heart center we know like we felt it in our heart we knew it in our heart or we had a gut feeling we knew it but like when we thought about it logically it made sense to make some make a different choice like logically it made sense to make a choice that might not have been overall the great choice that mm -hmm. um that you could have or should have made right like we, yeah. we've all done that like you i already... love how you're bringing like the whole gut health and like a little bit more holistic way 
into it like that's really interesting yeah the thing is like none of these things are so separate they're all so interconnected and i think we do a disservice to you know our our bodies and our mental health and our physical health our emotional health our spiritual health when we think about them as different things because anything that you experience in your body you're going to find that in your emotion and anything that you find in your emotion you're going to find that in your mental health you're going to find that in your spiritual health you're going to find everything is interconnected and so when we when we only think with one part when we only think with one one area we actually don't have that congruence we don't have each of these places talking to each other and that's why breath work is so amazing is because we don't think our way into thinking with mm-hmm. our bodies like oh today i'm going to think with our body we feel our way into feeling with our body we dance our way into feeling with our body we move our way into feeling with our body like the joy of the joy that you get when you're like dancing or you're moving your body you can't think your way into that joy you can like remember how nice it was to like move and dance and like you can you can somewhat get to that but you can't have that visceral feeling until you move your body you gotta move your body and then you're right. like yeah that's why it felt good right like so you... right so a question that just popped up here yeah. um how is breath work differing from meditation in this aspect like is meditation you know like this whole sitting down and like watching the breath like how is that different yeah so the the core root of what meditation means is awareness and the way that you get awareness is a hundred million different ways for some people it's sitting and observing and doing a still type of observance of yourself for other people it's dance for other people it's sound baths for other people it's breath work for other people it's drawing for other people it's so many different things and the thing is like we have this idea that we're not natural meditators because I don't know about you, but back in the day, I used to think that like if you were somebody who meditates, you have to be able to like sit still and for like, a long time, for yeah, a long time, and then like a fly flies to your face, and like you're not disturbed because you're so zen and it doesn't bother you, and you have to go like live in a cave, and like that's like that's your spiritual awakening, and I think all of that is like very like no- a-, a very normal way to think about it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people when they hear meditation, it seems, it seems yeah. really. Um, sounds very daunting too like oh i have to be like a certain way like a monk or something but yeah i I think you're saying that it's it's not unrealistic it's not realistic it's not realistic and the thing is like even if you were a monk it's not that no thoughts come to your mind it's that you are aware of the thoughts that are coming to your mind and you spend time with those thoughts and a way somebody can get to those thoughts is through dancing and sometimes when people are dancing and they're moving their body they're moving around all their energy centers they're they're unleashing the same type of awareness that somebody would get through laying in a sound bath and experiencing sounds and different people are sensitive to different um, textures and different sensations so it might sound might be your thing you might be somebody who like space travels and goes out into outer space and just has this like amazing inner body somatic experience through sound you might be somebody who is a visual artist and you get that through color and you just have to listen to the language that you use right like we say like we're in our flow we have creative juices some people are writers so that's a meditative state when you're just in the zone that is exactly what it means that it it you can find meditation you can do meditation and i think we take it so seriously where we're just like ooh, like we have to sit and like my posture's not right do i have like my meditation cushion i can't because i don't have the right sense and it becomes like such a daunting thing but it's like how the heck do you feel awareness and so to get to get to your question is it different that no breathwork is a 
form of meditation. Breathwork is just a form of meditation. And the way that you can do meditation is a hundred million different ways. I like that. I like how you brought it in to be more accessible to people and like, okay, you don't have to, to be a certain way, but you can just go to your hobbies or your passion. Um, yeah, that's very insightful. So I love the whole, you know, explanation about breath work. So how did you actually come to find that in your life? Yeah, so um, I practice some form of breathworks because um, as an athlete and as somebody in band, I was kind of aware of my um, breath and all of that through just practice. But the way I formally found it is a couple of years ago when I was doing um, a lot of sound healing stuff. So I'm a sound healer and a breathwork coach. And as a sound healer, I was going to a lot of different events and practices and I was experiencing different styles of sound healing and learning about instruments and frequencies and vibrations and all of that. And through these practices, I noticed that every not every but a lot of uh, a lot of practitioners would include like some form of breath work and I noticed that it actually changed my experience of my sound baths it really changed how I was um, incorporating it how I was experiencing it how I was absorbing it and it was a um it was a physical difference I started to feel a physical difference so when I started looking into learning more about different styles of meditation, different modalities of meditation, breath work, I really gravitated to that. And then I studied in Cambodia with monks to understand like how were, how were they using breath work as a practice. I studied with a few teachers out in LA to see how they were practicing and started online to see how they were practicing. And just through those practices, I just, I just fell in love with it because not only was it enhancing the practices that I already had in place but it was also just bringing me to a new place that I'd never gone before I was mm -hmm. noticing things about me that were just deeply is deeply seated deep that that were you know things that I didn't know I had to work on things that were just inside of me that I just didn't know how to work on and that's the amazing part part of practicing breath work is that it unleashes things that you're not really even sure about it you can't think your way into it you're not aware that there are certain things certain memories certain emotions certain traumas certain experiences that are held in the cellular level of your body so as I kept practicing it it just became a love of mine because I loved what it did for me you know mm -hmm. I loved what it was doing for me I felt myself feeling calmer and more chill and my relationships in my life were just a little bit more different and I was just like well, what, what is that coming from? Because I'm not like thinking my way in it. I feel different about it. I feel like a different person. And uh, from there, I just started to learn more about it. It, most, it almost seems like you have more of a deeper awakening than you can get from like somewhere else. So you mentioned before that breathwork has like you know kind of a different energy some are really active some are kind of more like feminine or soothing so how does someone choose what kind of breath work that's suited for them yeah, I would really tune into what it is that you're trying to achieve from doing a breathwork. Mm -hmm. um, there's breathwork sessions that are like anywhere from 30 minutes to whatever amount of time you want to go to. But if that's not your jam, those are more... Um, 
those are more intense sessions but if you're just looking for a nice calming because you're a little anxious or you're stressed or you're feeling like there's a lot going around you you can choose ones that are a little bit quieter and I would recommend to find like two or three styles of breath work that are just like your go-to you put that in your toolbox and you know that like you're anxious right now if that's something that you deal with if 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 you have like social anxiety or you feel stressed out pretty often especially right now we're experiencing a lot of fear and anxiety worry and all of that and it's getting collected over in our chest area so a couple of different styles of breath work that is nice to slow down your body and to slow down your system is this one thing called the six seven eight breath and you pretty much breathe in for six seconds through your nose you hold your breath for seven seconds and then you exhale out through your mouth for eight seconds so six breathe in seven seconds hold and then Mm -hmm. eight seconds you exhale and so that's a super 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 easy way to slow down your nervous system and activate your peripheral nervous system or your parasympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system is something that controls your heart rate your blood pressure your feel-good hormones and what happens when we're in this like active stressed out state our parasympathetic nervous system pretty much shuts down it basically is overworking in a way that it doesn't really need to that's why when you're stressed or you're anxious you feel like your heart is beating really fast or your your voice voice got caught up or you're sweaty or your um or your blood pressure is really high so it's overworking itself and sometimes when we are dealing with just everyday day-to-day stress our body gets this clue that we're in danger when even when we're not really in danger so when we breathe like that when we do something like the six seven eight breath it asks our body to say like yo chill you're okay you're not actually in danger you're just getting the signal you're used to you're used to being in in this state but right. what you're experiencing doesn't match that and this is kind of like a protection thing like back in the day we used to you know we used to be around tigers and all the, it, it's a it's a defense mechanism so we have this thing called the flight flight or freeze mode so when you see something do you want to fight it like you have to survive like the end of the day what your body is deciding is like how the heck do we survive nothing is uh, more important than survival so when you come across an issue when you come across a trouble back in the day in the jungle times it was just like a tiger come are you gonna fight it are you gonna run away or are you gonna freeze is the best thing to do is to freeze and just like let it pass right so our body is constantly deciding those three things and in in that same in that same vein today when we experience different stress we are constantly deciding do we have to fight it do we run away from it or do we freeze do we just like you know not we we don't do anything about it and we have the physiological clues around that because like our voice catches up we forget to speak we forgot how to think and we forgot how to do anything because all of these things are extra our body needs to survive all this voice is not important right now it needs to survive right now your heart is racing because it's telling you that you're in danger your blood pressure is high because it's telling you that you're in danger you're sweating like that is because it's telling you that you're in danger so sometimes we've learned to be in this state without actually having something that's dangerous for us so we're constantly in the state like this like 
like really constricted thing. And what happens throughout time is that when we are in a state of stress, not just once, but over time, it actually is really damaging to our body. It ruins our immunity. It ruins our digestion. It ruins our food habits. It ruins our sleep. It also ruins the production of feel-good hormones like serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, even DMT that we create naturally in our body. It ruins all of that stuff because all those things are thought to be luxury. Those are like luxury. Oh, you want good digestion? You want good sleep? No, we're trying to survive here. You don't need sleep. You need to survive. Mm -hmm. So all those things are kind of like in the back burner. Those are not important. So it exists in this stressed out mode. And so when we do this breath, when we do a six, seven, eight breath or some styles of breath that helps helps us slow down, we're basically sending a signal to our body that says like, I know that you're, you're trying to show me that like, I might be in danger, but let me slow down this system. Let me trick that. Let me trick the system into believing that we're okay. Because more than likely, your body's reaction to what you're actually experiences doesn't match up. You know, sometimes you find like you're really, 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 really stressed out. In retrospect, you're just like, I don't know why I was stressed out about that. You created that for right. yourself, right? And mm-hmm. so you can actually um, match the stimulus. Like, no, 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 no tiger. There actually isn't a tiger. This isn't like the biggest thing that could happen. Like, oh, okay, like I missed a phone call. Or I did, like, it's not the biggest thing that could happen. So you can do these cells of breath work that is to m- make your par- parasympathetic nervous system kind of go back down to its equilibrium space. And when it gets to that equilibrium space, that's when your body has the opportunity to heal itself that's when your body is like okay we're not in survival mode right now we're not in this overactive survival mode right now our heart doesn't have to work as hard or all this other stuff i was mentioning before it doesn't have to work as hard so we get to slow down and we get to do luxury things like sleep better we get to have eating habits that are better so we're not going to be craving things that are outside of survival we're going to be craving things that are now nutritious and beneficial to us it's not not just to survive, just to keep in, keep, keep us in that survival mode. You're also going to be able to process emotions a little bit better because you have the right hormones and the right feel good hormones that helps you in that mood processing. Because right now you've been depleted. All your serotonin has been depleted. All your dopamine has been depleted because it's, it's going somewhere else. And it's also not in its normal production. It's not producing the amount that you need to maintain just like an average, like regular, regular schmegular person. Like it's just like, overworked in another area so six seven eight breath is like one incredible like cheat way to do it and you can do this for 30 seconds like you can literally Mm -hmm. do this for 30 seconds you don't have to have like a whole session and uh, and you know to add to what you we were talking about before just this idea that you have to have this like you have to be a certain type of person who meditates or Mm -hmm. you know you have your meditation corner and your crystals and all this stuff it's just like that's nice if you do have all of that that's great but the reason we have these practices is because we typically don't have any of that so how can you implement these practices when you are against the corner like can you practice these when you're super stressed out when you're sitting in a busy train when you're sitting in traffic in LA when mm-hmm. you're sitting in somewhere that is that's like the real stress- test yeah that's the real test so all these practices are nice if you're practicing in your like zen garden cool but like when you're stressed out in the car can you bring yourself to those practices so it's like practices wherever you can practice wherever you can for just a little amount of time So six minutes is a really good amount of time. 10 minutes is a really good amount of time. And so is 
30 seconds of just doing this breath. And another breath that is in the toolkit that I'd love to share with people is a four, it's called a box breath. And so it's basically you breathe in for four seconds, you hold your breath for four seconds, you exhale for four seconds and you hold for four seconds. So it creates this like kind of box situation and you can play around with if four seconds seems too short for you. You can do a five second five, 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 or you do six. Some people do 20. And so it's just like work your way up to like what feels really good for you and what's working to calm you. Because sometimes you'll pick a number that's like, oh my gosh, now I feel rushed. Okay, change it, change it, change that. All that matters is that you're doing something with intention and mm -hmm. you're doing it mindfully. And when you do things with intention, it really doesn't matter if your six, seven, eight breath was really eight, nine, 10 breath. It re really actually right. doesn't matter. It really matters that you're now focusing on asking your body to slow down because a lot of times we're not even aware that we're doing all this stuff to ourselves like we actually don't really know how damaging we are to ourselves and we're like oh we can't i can't sleep i have insomnia i have no idea why or like my <laughs> eating like i we have no like idea why it's like oh but maybe you show up in your life and you do all these extra stressful things to yourself and then just don't recalibrate and rebalance it by having some kind of practices in place that help you slow down down, help you come back, help you recalibrate to what is healing for you. And your body has this natural state that it wants to be in. It has a particular frequency. It has a particular range of frequency that it wants to be in. And this is measurable, measurable by modern science and modern science tools. It wants to be at this equilibrium state. And most of us are either too high on from that state. We're vibrating at a too high level because we're just like, da, 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 da. everything's so fast and everything's so anxious and everything's so stress and we then we experience inflammation in ourselves we experience a lot of different things and then or we're too, too underactive this is when our body is like having a hard time getting up to par like it wants to be in this middle state and the cool thing is like you can do that naturally it's not external forces it's not external pills and external whatever it's just like you can actually create that from the inside of your body Nice. I've actually um, experimented with the whole six, seven, eight breath before, and it does really like calm me down right on the spot. So I'm glad you shared that with us, especially for people who have anxiety attacks. Um, so that's wonderful. I feel like you shared like a great deal of information with us and you actually answered my next question is about how can we practice breath work by ourselves? So I think the whole part about um, you know, doing it in traffic or whenever you're stressed at work, um, you answered that already. So if someone were to find you for breathwork or wants to learn about it more, where can they find you? Yeah, so you can find me at alwaysplay.org. My name is Shanila Sattar. You can find me on Instagram at shanila.sattar. I have breathwork classes, sound bath classes, and I also train facilitators who would love to become uh, breathwork teachers or who want to go deeper into their own healing. It's an amazing practice to know and to have the toolkits, especially if you work with um, people who are in high stress, high anxiety, high trauma, high depression groups. It's an amazing practice to have, especially right now, like during COVID, going back to school is going to be very stressful. Going back to work is going to be very stressful. So we definitely need more practitioners and facilitators. And if you're interested in that, you can find it on alwaysplay.org and I will be able to get you that information. And yep, I'll put that all in the show notes so people can find you. And thank you so much for your time today. I think that was a brilliant introduction to breathwork. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you for having me.